guys. Welcome back to another episode of Hitting the Gap Podcast. Lots to talk about tonight. We just watched the top 25 rankings come out for the second straight week from the playoff committee. And once again, the consistency is nowhere to be found. We're going to jump into that. Also talk about this coming week and uh, some of the games being canceled, how that could impact the upcoming upcoming process selection in, in the playoff. Talk about our thoughts on which teams could possibly make it in and, and get left out. We're talking about Ohio State because there could be some interesting situations happening with that program given the fact that they've had uh, they've only played four games and they're still in the top four. So we're going to jump right into the top 25 situation. Um, we'll, we'll get to some of these uh, inconsistencies, but overall, Jeff, what are your thoughts on the top four? Nothing really changed. Do you think that's a good decision, or do you not agree? I, I just, I, I, I mean, you just said it, right? Like, I, the, the inconsistency here is just astounding. Um, you know, allegedly these are our 15 people on this committee that that know college football that have been around the game for, you know, three, four decades, some five decades, and and you're supposed to understand. You know the game, and you're supposed to understand the nuances and, and things that go into that. And you've had years of, of of experience, and then you come out and you do the same shit everybody else does. Like I I honestly don't know the point of having a committee um, when you're just going to give us the, basically the same stuff that the BCS would have anyway. Yeah, uh, you know, I, if you watched our our Instagram or our Twitter live during the uh, selection process, we were talking about this, and, and Jeff ended it on that same kind of note talking about the best minds in, co- in college football. And I got to disagree with that. I don't, I don't view them as the best minds in college football. You look at any, any corporation, any company, the people at the top are so far disconnected from the people actually involved in the game itself. It's terrifying. They have no idea what's actually happening within their company most of the time. And I feel like it's the same thing here for a lot of these, you know, athletic directors and, and, and presidents who were involved they don't, you know, a lot of them didn't play. If they did, it was 30 years ago where the game has changed completely. And I just feel like there's a giant disconnect in, in what's what's actually happening in football and what they think is happening in football. So I, 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 I'm, wow, I, I don't know that I could disagree with you more. Um, you know, my, my best friend's dad was, was a senior executive vice president of a Fortune 50 company. And, and you're talking about, you know, th- there are, you know, a handful of other people who did what he did in the world. And and I promise you, he was not disconnected from anything his company was doing from a corporation standpoint. I'm right? not saying it's all the time. So, well, but but you just generalized, though, because you I did. Right. So you generalized. So when you look at the committee members, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I mean, um, you got R.C. Slocum, like that dude has been around football his for, for 70 years. Um, you know, you look at, uh, Todd Stansberry, he's the current, he's the current, um, athletic director at Georgia tech. Like he's in it right now. Um, I mean, you, you look at Joe Castle, uh, Castle, I have no idea how to say his name, <laughs> but like, you're talking about guys who have been around or are still in the game. Uh, you know, Ronnie Lott, you're going to tell me Ronnie Lott doesn't understand football. No, right. But- like these are, these are dudes that, that are. Um, that have been around the game for a really, really long time. Ken Hatfield, coached at Clemson, Florida, and Arkansas. Like these are guys that that are born, bred, uh, you know, eat, sleep, and have have you know forgotten more football than you and I will ever know. 
And so, yeah, like, I, I, I'm actually dumbfounded by that statement, to be honest. That's fine. Agree to disagree on that one. But, again, the consistency is inexcusable. Yes. and That we agree with. And when, you, when you're moving teams up like Georgia, who haven't played well at all, when you don't punish certain teams for not playing, but do punish others, you know, you were just mentioning – Regardless of your thoughts on Miami, their only loss is to Clemson. Yeah. That's their only loss, and they just continue to sit at 10. Whereas Ohio State's played four games this year because the Big Ten sat around and waited. Yeah. And they've missed two games and maybe might miss another one, which means they might miss the Big Ten championship. We're going to get into that in a minute. But they don't get punished. They continue to stay in the top four. So I just I don't understand the thought process, and I would love to hear it. I would love for them to say, hey, you know, we think Georgia's good because of this. We think Miami stays here because of this. I just week in and week out, even in previous years. I mean, this is what the sixth year we've been doing this is the playoff. Mm-hmm. We always have these same things. These same situations happen. I mean, you look at the first year this happened with TCU. TCU was at what? They were two or three. They were in the top four. They were in the top four. They were they were, they were two or three yep. with one game left. Yep. They blew out their last yep. opponent. It wasn't a it wasn't a conference championship. That's fine. They blew out because their final it, opponent. The Big Twelve had that really ridiculous tie breaking rule yes. where they ended up not yeah and they got yeah. screwed. So they blew out their final opponent yep. and then dropped to five. Yeah. So how does that make any sense? You know, there's just so many inconsistencies throughout the years. And I'm just, you know, there's got to be some kind of standard. And that's the problem. I mean, we talked about it last week. There's just no, I feel like there's no standard as to how they make these decisions week in and week out. You know, and and, and I know what it feels like, and, and you know, shout out to my boy, Joe, who, who commented talking about quitting bagging on Georgia, <laughs> right? Like, Joe's my guy out there in California. I appreciate him serving in, in the military. Uh, and he writes for me at Blogging Dirty. Um, look, man. Georgia at eight and two, sitting at number eight. Meanwhile, seven and one Miami is sitting at ten and doesn't move. Meanwhile, Georgia gets fucking credit for beating a really just an awful, awful crap version of South Carolina is ridiculous. You know, when you look at Georgia's two losses yesterday to Alabama and Florida, but they were ass beatings, right? They took two of them. At least Miami's only taken one of them, mm-hmm. and and you know you you give Notre Dame credit because they just beat a a, a, a top twenty UNC team. Miami beat that same top 20 UNC team, right? So it's it, it just the inconsistencies here are ridiculous, and I'm really, really fucking tired of the biases that come through in all of these rankings. Yeah. And I'm they, tired of it. They're glaring. They're glaring, and it's supposed to be unbiased. It's supposed to be as unbiased as possible, but you can't argue that it's not. I mean, there's no argument that says, no, this isn't biased at all. Right. Because you have – I mean, look at this. 78% for Ohio State to make the playoff with four wins is what they're putting it at right now. Which is asinine. Four wins. It's asinine. So now, let's just go ahead and jump into that because I know both of us are pretty uh, heated about this. So Ohio State has four wins. They've had two games canceled now um, and could possibly have a third canceled. Now, the Big Ten has stipulations to what yep. qualifies them to make your Big Ten championship. You have to play at least six games. Well, Ohio State sits at 4-0 with two games on the schedule, but they're at risk of losing one of those two games to make it only five games that they played. So a decision has to be made to where, okay, does the Big Ten bend the rules for Ohio State, which honestly I believe would happen. 
Oh, absolutely. Or does the committee not care about a Big Ten championship? Because you have to realize the committee doesn't have to worry about the like, the conference championship game means nothing to them. Right. They've said that repeatedly. Exactly. So even if Ohio State doesn't make the conference championship, doesn't play for conference championship, but sits at five and zero on the year, right? If the committee believes they are a top four team, they can still put them in yeah. over uh, an undefeated, you know, or a, a one loss ACC or SEC team who yeah. is a runner up in the conference championship. So. You know, I know Jeff says no matter which way you you look at it or, or try to spin it, that should not happen. But it's a possibility. I just I refuse to live in that world. I, I refuse <laughs> to live in that world. I, I I am not going to live in a world where the the, the Patriots get a bye because they're four zero and they get they, they automatically get placed into the AFC Championship game, right? Because that's that's the equivalent of what we're saying here, right? And it's not it's not even no. I guess the equivalent would be. Um, 16 versus eight. So, I, I mean, I guess they would have to be eight, and know, and then be given an automatic buy, right? Like, I guess that would be the, the mathematical equivalent. Uh, I just, I refuse to live in that world. Like I, I, I refuse to acknowledge that a, a, the group of men that we just talked about who have been around football for decades and in, are in hall of fames, whether it's college or NFL would put a four and football team who at that point would not let like you know or five and zero right, and they've played one time. By the time you get to one of the semifinals, they will have played one game in eight weeks, and you're going to put them up against teams like Notre Dame, Clemson, who have battled twice against an Alabama football team that has played eleven, you know, ten, eleven games. Like I refuse to live in a world where that is going to fucking happen. And I don't look. I've said all along. I've said on this podcast that Ohio State is one of the top four teams in the country, but you cannot fucking reward them. Because the Big Ten decided to sit on its ass and not do anything about football season. Let's remember this, right? Why did we not play? Why was all of this initially stopped? Because of COVID, right? Exactly. Is it worse now than it was would have been back in the start of August? Or back in the end of August when the season would have started? No. It's exponentially worse now than it was then, right? Which is why we turn on, whether it's, it's CNN or Fox News or whoever it is, and we're seeing all of these rising cases. Mm-hmm. If they would have just played the season as is, and everybody had had uniformity as far as like testing requirements, we would have been... The championship games would have taken place three days ago. Yeah, like Think about that. We would have been through college football season. We would be getting ready to hand out the Heisman Trophy this Saturday. Yep. And instead, we're here talking about a possible 5-0 fucking Ohio State team getting into a, a championship game or getting into a, a semifinals, having played less than half of the amount of games as anybody else. And that is trash. It, it's trash. Uh, here is, and so if we really want to just dive deeper into this Big Ten debacle, uh, here's a little wrench to throw into all of it. Indiana sits at 5-1. and one. Now, we talked about on our Twitter Live that they just lost their quarterback, which is a big, big blow it is. to that team. And, you know, it could, it could be a problem. Yep. But. Let's say that the Big Ten holds steady on their decision. Ohio State misses one more game. They don't make the six. Let's say that then Indiana makes the Big Ten championship with one loss. They win the Big Ten championship. Their only loss is against Ohio State. Do they have a shot to make it? I mean, I, at that point, how do you not? Right? Like, I mean, if, if you win the Big Ten championship – how and, and your only loss was a, a close seven point loss uh, to Ohio State. Like how how do you how are you not in the conversation? Like I I don't know that they get in, um, but like I it's I don't know man. Like it's just just another thing. Like they got two games left. They got uh, Wisconsin, who's the top 
25 team. And then, well, actually, they might not be anymore. I, I didn't see the if they fell out or not. Um, they had it at 16 last week, but they had another game uh, canceled. So they haven't posted the new updated rankings yet. Um, we just had to see them on, on the TV earlier. And then they finished with Purdue. So, you know, if they finish out, you know, they're 5-1, and 6-7-1, and one, somehow make the Big Ten championship, go 9-1, and one, you know, and there's some chaos that happens within the ACC or the SEC. Right. It's a possibility just it to is. be at fourth, you know, that fourth team. So I think that is a very interesting little piece of information because, like I said, if I had, if I was a betting man, I say that the Big Ten, like they did early in the season, they changed their mind on something, right? And they make the rules to where the Big Ten allows Ohio State in with four or five uh, games under their belt. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's uh, something to keep an eye on. And, and speaking of of the games, I don't know. Did you see where? Um, the ACC made some scheduling changes. They freed up Notre Dame's Week 12 game to be a buy now to give Clemson and Ohio or and Notre Dame uh, off we heading into the ACC championship. I mean, you assume Clemson's going to get there. They got to beat Virginia Tech on the road first. They do. They do. Um, or or somehow um, Wake course- Force would have to lose. Would have to beat my or Duke would have to beat Miami. Yes. Um, but since we're gonna like before I get to that, right? Yeah, no, go like, back, back like, track, It's fine. I, I I just want to address the college football playoff in, in the ACC in general, right? So we'll, we'll be, it'll be a nice little segue into this. And this is something that, that my boy and I were talking about earlier today. Right now, do you know? Do you offhand know? And, and I know the answer. I'm just asking you if you do. The two <laughs> okay. the two games for the college football semi semifinals. Do I know the two games? The the two pl- spots. The Rose Bowl is one, yes, and New Orleans is the other. Mm-hmm, sure right? Cool. What is going on right now in California? They've they've stopped all contacts. Everything, right? And I know right now it is it's just Santa Clara County right now, right, right. The, you know the the whole state, but at some point it's going to filter its way through the entire state. Do you do you see college the, the college football playoff committee announcing any changes to the Rose Bowl? Nope. They're going to sit on their ass, and they're going to wait till three days before that game kicks off to either move the game or cancel it completely, which is asinine to me. You think they would cancel the semifinal game? You're not. You are seeing what's going on right now in front of you, right? You are seeing the fact that in California right now, they're saying no contact sports in parts of the state. I mean, I agree. But here, so the, the thing there is, I I wholeheartedly believe they wouldn't cancel the game. The it, it's all going to come down to if they allow if any of these games allow any fans, if they play these games with zero fans, then they have the opportunity to move these games ahead. Oh, a I disagree because if it was just about fans, why is San Francisco? Why are the 49ers having to go play their home games in Arizona? They don't no, have to no, allow no, no, fans. No, that's, not, that's not the point I'm making. I, the point I'm making is there is less hurdles to move a game on on short notice if you're not worrying about fans because if if you had. 60,000 fans that bought tickets to a game in California and they're like, oh, wait, no, we're playing in Texas. You can't, 60,000 people can't make oh, that I, change. I couldn't disagree more. You're asking two football programs who each travel more than 300 people to pack up and go find a new hotel, like literally out of, out of thin air? Like, there's a lot of travel arrangements that have to be made in order to make any of that happen. Because you're not just staying in hotel rooms, right? But now you got to get catering last minute. Now you've got to be able to have, like, a lot of different things that go into, and especially right now, 
Like you look at Clemson, they're spending three hundred thousand dollars on away games because they're having a a, a uh, it's a it's an Anderson, South Carolina, or Greenville based company. They're going to all these sites first, and they're setting up meeting tents so that they can all be spaced apart. Yeah. Right. So you're talking about having to redo all of this stuff, and and, and if they wait till the last minute to do this because they want to sit on their ass and wait to see what what liberal California is going to do, and they're showing you what they're going to do. Uh, it just it spells disaster. I don't know so much about New Orleans. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that they care about diseases down there, uh, but I, I think it's it's really stupid that you're going to sit on this. Uh, and then moving into the ACC, you have a championship game getting ready to set up in Charlotte, right? You can't have fans, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of moving the ACC game down to Florida, right? Because you could have it in Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, maybe not so much Miami because it is the blue part of the state. But you could have it in Tampa or St. Pete. You could have it in Orlando or Jacksonville. And they would welcome you with open arms. Mm-hmm. You could have moved it down there. I'm not telling you to have 60,000 fans, but you could have had 15,000. Yeah. Because this is this is the first time in Notre Dame's history that they're playing for a conference championship. Yeah. And you're having that fucking game in a place where you can't sell a single ticket. Yeah. Can't sell a ticket. And instead of allowing Notre Dame to host and, and sell tickets or allowing, like, obviously, they're, they, they are the one seed, right? Or, you know, yeah, they will be the one seed. Yeah. Um, instead of allowing them to either host or move it to Florida, you're literally sitting on your ass and going, yep, you can go have it in Charlotte where nobody can buy anything. Nobody. Yeah. Now, there, there's not a lot of, it seems, there's not a lot of thought process involved when it comes to planning ahead to Zero these big games. And so, and no, I, I, to your point, I know there are a lot of pieces that go into a team traveling to any kind of away game, championship games, or just or just no away game in general. My whole argument is is that I do believe it's it would be easier to to move teams to a different location rather than teams and you know sixty seventy thousand fans as well especially, you know, individual point tickets, individual hotels, like at least as a team with the state of everything, how everything is right now, finding a hotel for a team three days ahead of, you know, three days before a game, probably not as hard as it is for a bunch of people individually. But for the ACC situation, wholeheartedly agree, especially when that game is, what, three weeks away? Two. Two weeks away, mm-hmm. technically. So, so 19th. Two, yeah, so two and a half weeks mm-hmm. away, basically, for the ACC championship. Yep. And again, you're playing in a city that doesn't allow any fans. You have no idea what could happen in the next two weeks. Yep. Whereas, you know, in Florida, it's, you know, you could do a lot more. You can. And so, I, you know, I, there's got to be some, some, some foresight in some of these decisions that are being made, whether it's, you know, the committee picking teams, whether it's, you know, the committee figuring out where games are going to be played because, yeah, the 49ers are playing in uh, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. So they've, they've moved their games to Arizona. They're playing three of their last games in Arizona. One of them is against the Cardinals. The right. other two are going to be technical home games for right. them. So, you know, you're trying to have a Rose Bowl. And the, and the other thing is, is that technically there's two Rose Bowls that will happen because you have the New York Six game that's going to be played at the Rose Bowl as well. So what do you do? Pull your head out of your ass and realize that things are will change a lot between now and then. Like, I, I mean, like, let's get this, like, 
I, I don't understand why this was so hard for people to understand. Like, as things get cold, viruses go up. Why? Because we're all congregating indoors now. We're not outside anymore. That's why the fucking flu, you know, yes, you can get flu in the summertime. Most of the times you don't, though. You get it in the wintertime when you're actually inside around people. Yep. Like, and, and I don't understand why this was such a foreign fucking concept for all of these doctors and all these public health officials to understand. There wasn't going to be a vaccine this year. Right. And look, I understand that they're close and, and we're not going to get into that because that's not what this podcast is for. But you knew there wasn't going to be one before January 1. No. Right. Like, you knew it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, like, I don't I, you know, I, neither of my degrees are anything medical related because I'm I'm stupid. But even I knew that this thing was going to kick up a notch in the, in, in the wintertime. Why? Because we're all doing what you and I are doing right now. We're huddled indoors. <laughs> right. Like, we're not outside with our fucking shirts off. You know, you know, bringing in the vitamin D like we're all inside. We're all bundled up. We're all coughing and hacking and, and you know, spinning all over each other. And, and so, like, I just I didn't understand. I didn't understand why there was no forethought coming into the college football season. And I don't understand now why we're sitting here and we have some really intelligent people sitting on their hands, not doing a damn thing. Like you're being reactionary. Like, stop being reactionary. <coughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, I I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's a strange thing, especially when just to get this season off the ground took so much planning, and so much things happening behind the scenes to even make this happen. That you know we've gone how many weeks into this now? Twelve weeks. Yeah, close to. Yeah, and you're almost at the end. Like the, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel for the season. And instead of making the the choices to keep this thing rolling, you're just waiting to see it fall apart. And, and you're hoping that it falls apart. It, it's what it feels. I mean, you look at Wisconsin or Northwestern. Well, Wisconsin as well. When Wisconsin lost, yep, right. The very following week, shut it down. Yeah, didn't play the next week because nope. they were out of the playoff. Yep. Northwestern, they lose to Michigan State. What happens the following week? They shut it down. So you have a lot of these programs who are playing, but they don't want to play. No, they don't. It, the players might, and the coaches might, but the higher-ups don't want them playing. And so you see situations where if a team loses, it's almost like, all right, guys, you know, close it up. We're done for a little while. I don't even know that – like, I, I know all the players want to play, right? Yes. I don't even know that I can say all the coaches do. No, not all of them. And, and I think that's I think that's that's a shame, right? Because you're paid to do this. This is what you – this is what you've spent your entire life working for. And and like Mike Norvell at, at Florida State, some of you have gotten, you, you know, the door has been open for you to take the easy way out, and that's exactly what you've done. And I, and I think it goes against everything that any football coach I've ever met or ever had or ever talked to goes against, right? Because they all talk about fighting, 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 you know, you know, you know, get knocked down, you get back up. And these motherfuckers are getting knocked down, and they're staying down, right? And they're like, bring me a pillow and a blanket, I'm done. I mean, uh, Look at Florida State, that whole situation. Now, everybody gave Fucking Clemson, pathetic. Everybody gave Clemson mm. hell mm. for the mm. comments made and the things done before that game. The very next week, Florida canceled Florida State canceled another game hours before kickoff. Mm. Because of their own issues. Not because someone ate, no someone else's asymptomatic test, because they had issues on their own program. But they knew they were gonna have issues. I just, you know, last week it was like Dabo's an asshole. And, you know, like it was, it was ridiculous, 
right? It was absolutely absurd last week what these people were saying on Twitter. Talking about, well, we do things right down here because we haven't had a positive test since September. All right. As I said last week on Twitter, and I'll say it again here, just because you haven't reported a positive test doesn't mean you haven't had one. No. And when you cancel back-to-back games three hours before kickoff, it means you have a problem. They have had more people leave their program in the last three weeks than brothels in Vegas have had leave in years. Like, that is that—that that is bad that, a, that when you – and then not only do you have these people leaving, but you have former players going, what are we doing? Like, even they're questioning your integrity at this point. God, I guess that's my rant for that's this week. That's got to be. <sighs> it's just – it's infuriating – when, like, all of these fans want to come out of nowhere, but then when it becomes apparent that your program is the problem, all of a sudden you forget how to log into Twitter. You forget how to call into radio shows. You forget how to post shit on Facebook. Right? Like, all of a sudden you become – it's almost like people when Clemson loses, right? Like, I don't hear shit for three years when Clemson's winning. They lose one game, and all of a sudden my phone blows up with numbers I don't even have in my phone book anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of programs do the same thing, like – they run their mouth, run their mouth when they're when they're doing well, and then when things go south, it's Georgia. It's <laughs> wait till next year. God, next year with JT Daniels, y'all, oh, we're boy. gonna be so good. I didn't say it, Mom. Where's my teeth? Oh man, well, let's jump back into some of these <laughs> some of these uh, these uh, rankings that came out, and we were talking about. You the better inc- not cut that either. We were talking about the inconsistencies, and the one you know I, we said it last week when they put Oklahoma at eleven that they were doing everything in their power to keep the Big 12 alive in this playoff. Then they came out with the week this weekend's rankings, and they have moved Iowa State up four spots to number nine. If that doesn't show you that they're doing anything in their power to keep them in, in the mix, I don't know what to tell you. They have two, There's not a single team in the Big 12 that doesn't have two losses. And... I don't I, I don't see anything that Iowa State has done that makes them, you know, qualify as a top ten team when you have granted I understand their schedule, but when you have a BYU way down who only moved at one spot to thirteen, you got Indiana whose only loss is to a t- by a touchdown to Ohio State, who could possibly make the Big Ten championship now. You got a Iowa State at number nine and then Georgia at eight? You know, I just we talked, like I said, we talked about it last week. The Big Twelve is a joke, and I don't understand why the committee continues to want them to be higher up, more, or more high than they already are. Because in no way, shape, or form should Oklahoma be eleven and Iowa State be nine. That's just that is me, hundred percent agree. That's not how it should not be that way. Do, do you? Agree? Uh, I thought we already talked about this like thirty minutes ago. Not, not, not Iowa State. We did on the live. I mean, well, but we yeah, we did. We talked about how we started the podcast out by talking about how the biases were asinine. Yeah, but I was, they are. They are. But I was talking more about the Big Twelve and the fact that you know, regardless of the biases and the and the inconsistencies, I, you know, I don't understand why you move Iowa State into the top nine spot. I, I, I mean, like I said a few minutes ago, like I, I don't understand what these football guys are doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the, the rationale behind it. I don't understand their thinking. You know, that's that's what most people do is they spend, you know, these the first three weeks trying to figure out what the thought process is behind the rankings. And the fact becomes that by week number four, everything that we thought we knew goes right out the door anyway. So I, I, I don't I, – I, <clears throat> unfortunately, I don't have anything for you because I, I honestly <laughs> – I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like – 
I, I, you know, I understand women's basketball more than I understand what this college football playoff <laughs> committee is doing, and I know nothing about women's basketball. Oh man, I know, I know, it's not a better version than men's. That, like, that's I what you. I know. Let's, uh, let's, let's, t- you know, some games this week could determine some things going forward. Uh, Auburn did not look good against Texas or against Alabama, but they got Texas A&M this week. A&M sits at six and one. Auburn five and three. A&M is a seven point favorite in that game. What you know? Do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, Auburn wins. You think Auburn wins that game? Yeah, Auburn wins because it doesn't make sense, right? Like it, it would, it would because it doesn't make sense. It's gonna happen. Okay. Like we just, we just every year we have we have all these teams every year that feel like they're right on the cusp of doing something that people don't expect them to. Like nobody would expect Texas A and M to make the college football playoff, right? Because no. they're not gonna make the SEC championship game. Um, and, and so like. You know, they're sitting there at five for the second straight week. And, and realistically, if they just win their last few games and and hope that Florida beats Alabama, then all of a sudden, you know, you possibly find yourself sneaking in, right? Or, you know, Notre Dame does beat Clemson for a second time. You're sitting right there ready to step on in. But that doesn't happen if you don't beat Auburn. So I absolutely expect Auburn to win that game. Okay. I like it. Uh, I got Indiana, Wisconsin. We're talking about the implications that could happen there if, if the Big Ten decides to keep Ohio State out of the uh, conference championship if they can't get to six games. Wisconsin right now is favored by 14 points, and I have a feeling that has a lot to do with the fact they lost their quarterback. Do you think Indiana can still – do you think Indiana's success is based around the quarterback, and do you think they can still pull off a win? No, I, I think everything they do is, is about Penix. Uh, I mean, that, that dude is is legit. He's – I don't know that he's an NFL quarterback, but he's, he's a, a very, very elite college quarterback, uh, and, and those aren't necessarily always the same thing. Um, I, I, you know, he runs that, that offense very well. Their defense is really good. So I don't know that Wisconsin wins by 13. Um, but, um, I, I, they're not the same team without him. No. Then you've got Alabama LSU. Now we understand that's a big rival yeah. a rivalry game. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking the fact that, um, that LSU held A&M to 20 points. So they, you know, they lost to Texas A&M twenty to seven. Do you think that LSU can keep that close with it being a rivalry game, or do you think that's going to be the twenty nine and a half point spread that is that is said to be? No, this will be this will probably be one of the biggest blowouts in in this rivalry game that we've seen in a long, long time. And you know, I I know a few LSU fans. You know, shout out to our boy Jarrett who listens every week, who's a huge LSU fan. And you know, he and I talked. Uh, was it Sunday or Monday? Um, and you know, like he has said all along that this was going to be a rebuild year for them, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they were going to take, um, they were going to take their lumps this year and they're taking their lumps this year, but I like how they're responding. I like what they're doing with TJ Finley, their freshman quarterback. I think he has a chance to be the SEC's best quarterback, maybe not next year, but his junior year for sure. Um, I, I think LSU has the talent and, and you see them progressively getting better. But I, I mean, I don't be shocked if Alabama wins this game by forty. Yeah, agreed. And then college game day is going to be at Coastal Carolina. Yeah, man. Which I think is awesome. You know, Liberty fell out of the top twenty-five, but they're nine and one, and you got Coastal Carolina at nine and zero. Oh, so that's actually could be a really, really good game. Uh, Coastal Carolina is favored by seven points. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really cool that they're getting a game day experience. Uh, you know, it's a nice, good, feel-good story. I know they're not going to make a New Year's Six bowl or or anything like that, but 
being nine and zero, being in the top twenty five as a as a team that no one really even knew who they were before the season is pretty cool. Yeah, and you know they're only Liberty's only loss right now, by the way, is to NC State. Yeah. And, and so like there, there's nothing to hang your hat, you know, mm-hmm. hang your head about that there. Um, I, I think this is a really good game that most people won't watch. I think it's fantastic that College Game Day is going there this week. Um, because they could have gone to Auburn or LSU, Alabama, right? They yeah. could have gone there, and that would have been easy, and nobody would have blamed them. So I think it's great that they stood up and said, you know what, we're going to go visit a small school that we probably will never get to go visit again. Yeah. And so even though it's not, like, traditional game day, like, at least Coastal can say, you know what, we've hosted game day before. Exactly, and I think it's going to be a really cool, really cool situation. Uh, get Northwestern Minnesota was canceled. Right now, top 25 teams, that is the only game this week that is canceled. So... Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I mean, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State, don't know how that one's going to go. Right now, though, I mean, coming off the win against Northwestern, do you think Michigan State could keep that close against Ohio State if they play? Um, I assume you mean Michigan, right? Aren't they playing Michigan? Mm, Michigan State. They play Michigan next week. Really? The 12th. Yep. I don't know why I thought it was next week or this week. Um... It's a 24-point favorite, Ohio State. I, I'm, this would be a great game for Ohio State to blow. They right? like, normally do it one a year. Like, this would be a really, really good game for them to just forget to show up. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, if they play, it's probably not going to be close. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm still – I'm really hoping that Michigan – uh, finds a way to to screw over Ohio State next week. Like I'm, I'm like you, like don't play the game, right? Just just pull out, like just just like, oh yeah, we can't. I mean, I you know, I would let. My whole thing was is you know before the season started, I was like, I just want to see Michigan Ohio State play. You know, I was even talking about if you know if the season was canceled, which ended up being canceled. I was like, what if Ohio State and Michigan come together and play one game? I was like, you know. Just some network signs on to have them play that game. They'd be awesome. But at this point in the season, the way Michigan's played, I don't even want to see them get on the field against Ohio State. I don't. I don't want to see that 60, 60 to twenty five blowout that would that it would be. No, God. But if there was one win to save Harbaugh's job, yeah, that would be it. That would be it, dude. But I don't. You know, we can talk about that real quick. I don't think Harbaugh returns. I don't. I just don't. I don't think he does. I think there's too many openings happening right now in the NFL mm-hmm. that are. You know enticing to him you got i mean the jets are going to have an opening you got the lions just opened up i think that'd be a good place for him to go stay in the state you've got uh i think honestly though i think the best place he would fit and have them as much success as he would as he could have would be san diego i'm not sorry la the, the chargers i think if he was if they get rid of their coach and flynn if they get rid of him because he's done a lot he's done very little with a lot of talent that he has i mean that team other than the Chiefs and the uh, who was it? The Chiefs and the oh man, I think it was the the Seahawks uh-huh. at the time were the only two teams who had like it was like the amount of the points scored or point differential. Chargers were up there with them, and they were three and they're oh, three and gotcha. nine. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like they were they're they're on the cusp, and I think Herbert has Sorry. proved himself to be a, a, a talent. So right. I think Harbaugh with them could turn that program even more so around. But then you got, you know, uh, Jacksonville could open up. There's a lot of places he could go. Even if he beats Ohio State, I don't think he stays in Michigan unless he wants to. You know, because at this point, I just I think it's time to just cut, you know, I think it's time sure. to cut him loose. Sure. But 
Any last uh, final thoughts before we uh, head out of here? Tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get into the whole SEC uh, 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 female kicker thing at Vanderbilt. Um, I, we can touch on it real quick. I, I just – just an absolute charade. Um, the SEC should be embarrassed. Vanderbilt should be embarrassed. Um, like, you paraded this this girl out there. And I'm not telling you girls shouldn't play football. And I'm not telling you girls should not play Power 5 football, right? Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But you did this – for publicity it was a big publicity stunt um news came out today by um by somebody here in atlanta uh with the athletic and i'll go back and find it real quick um that talked about how vanderbilt players were absolutely pissed um and and that they were um they're tired of being used as pawns in this and you've got a lot of, you've got several i guess a handful of vanderbilt seniors who have said they're done like they're not really? coming back they're not playing um I just I think it's 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 pathetic that the SEC had to stoop to this because they're like how do you make her the spe- the coach special teams player of the week for a thirty yard squib kick? Yeah, I mean th- those are yeah that that part I don't uh, I don't agree with. Um, Sarah Fuller was her name by the way. Sarah Fuller, yes. and again this isn't about her. No, not about her at all. And again I I'm a girl dad right, so yeah, I think same, girls same. girls can do whatever they want to do, yeah. uh, but. You made her the coach, but she had one kickoff. Mm-hmm. It was a squid kick, right? Now, granted, it wasn't her fault that they only got one one opportunity. That's not, but that's what, not what I'm saying. She had no, one no. opportunity. No, I know that. I just think it's funny that <laughs> she only had one opportunity because they could not get in the field goal range for her to kick. And the only time she was able to kick off was the second half kickoff, which is the only time they were given the possession. Sure. Um, but according to Anthony Dasher, who is very highly thought of, especially mm-hmm. here in the, in the Atlanta area okay. in the media, he reported today and he wrote today um, that there's been a player revolt over Sarah Fuller having a role in the kicking game Saturday against Georgia this week, right? Because Vanderbilt plays Georgia this week. Okay. Players know that they have better options and are over the whole thing. Players are said to be done. Several starters have opted out. Um, but... Uh, as of this second, several starters have walked away from Vanderbilt because of this. Wow. And I'll say this. If they're good enough, let them play. And I'm not – we don't know enough about her to know if she's if she's good enough or not. They put her on the team, whether it's publicity or not. Now, I will say this. What I hope happens on Saturday against Georgia, that it comes down. Vanderbilt's down by two. They get in field goal range. And Fuller kicks the winning field goal. Like, love that, it. That would be would great. Love it. Uh, but but for me, when when the guys on the team are like, when they understand why this is happening, mm-hmm. I I just again I'm not telling you she can't, and, and that would be great if that happened. Like she she would probably go down as the like the third greatest Vanderbilt player of all time, <laughs> right? Like you kick a yeah. game winning field goal against Georgia, like mm-hmm. that would be absolutely amazing. Um, but you, you know you do the charade and then you fire Derek Mason, yeah, right? Like y- somebody forced him to bring her on. Somebody forced him to play her. You get all the accolades that come with it, and then, oh, by the way, you fire him over it. Like, yep. it's just – it's pathetic, man. No, it, it's pathetic. The, look, again, I don't know enough about her. I don't know enough about the situation. I don't either. One thing that, that struck me as odd, though, and this is just from a you know outside-looking-in perspective, she was the goalie. Was she really? She's the goalie on, I didn't even on know that. Vanderbilt's team. I didn't even know that. The person who kicks the ball the least – <laughs> well, but they—I mean, you've watched—you've watched keepers kick the ball like they've yeah, got legs. They do, but, but but most soccer player. I mean, and I get it. Most all soccer players have the leg to do that yeah. kind of stuff. But I thought yeah. to me, it was very interesting that the person that they went with was somebody who isn't constantly striking the ball. Sure, I just thought 
like again, no disrespect meant Vania. It was an interesting tidbit of information for me. I that, didn't know that. Yeah, that she was the goalie. That's and, hysterical. And, pro- and props for them. They they won the SEC championship. Yeah. Uh, like days before she was pulled up to do that. So They're really, really top, cool. I think three or four teams yeah. in college. So really cool. And, and yeah. I think, you know, hopefully they do well in the, cham- in the, in the tournament. Like I said, I just thought it was funny that, that the goalie was the one they brought up. I didn't know that. To do the kicking. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I have no idea. Yeah, and, you know, might be a talking point next week, depending on what happens with uh, with – Against Georgia, maybe she'll have a little bit more opportunities to see what she can do. Because again, the kick, you know, Twitter is a ruthless place. Oh, if you is. get on it, it is. It, it, it's it's like heartless. The- it's ruthless. You never know what you're going to see. And yeah. a lot of people were bashing this girl for her kick. And you know, when I was at work the other morning, someone asked me my thoughts. They're like, you know, did you see the kick? And I'm like, I did. Like, what were your thoughts on it? And I said, well, it depends. I was like, if it was a planned squib kick, which does happen, those kind of kicks. Or they do plan to do those. I was like, if that was the plan, then it was fine. I was like, but if it was meant to go, you know, deep, it was a terrible kick. Right. Yeah. And that and that's you know you that's just the only two ways to look at it. But I don't know what their plan was. I mean, looking at how she lined up, you you have no idea of what what the plan was. Right. So you know, but you got on Twitter and people were just 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 going berserk. Over this, and Twitter I just think is like it's dark internet. Dude. Yeah, it's, and it's just it's just point like it's, it's the la- like especially right now with everything going on. That's the last thing people should be focusing on is a girl getting pulled up to to be a kicker. Now we can talk about like we did the optics of it and why it's happening and whether it's it's a justified thing and if it if it was a situation that should have happened because she was right. legitimately the best option they had, or if it's for publicity and that that's a discussion that can happen. But no one here is saying that women shouldn't be able to have the opportunity to play. Right. No one's saying that. You know, I have a daughter. You have a daughter. Like, I don't want my daughter thinking that she can't do anything that the next person can do if she if she feels she has the talent and the ability to do it. Yep. So if they have it, by all means, let them do it. But you know, you you're not you you shouldn't just shy away from hard topics because they're hard topics. Agreed. And that's what we do here. We're we're not gonna shy away from something just because you know people want to walk on eggshells right now. When it, when it comes down to it, you know, if she's the best option, keep letting her play. If, but if not, you know, then you got to listen to the players that are actually on the team and been on the team for the entire season. Yeah, agreed. So maybe we'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, we'll never know. Uh, hopefully we're going to have a podcast next week. Uh, I am flying back to Iowa to visit some family and stuff. So uh, we're going to try to make it work. I'm going to take my computer. We might have to do it via Zoom, uh, both of us. But we'll hopefully try to get something out for you all next week. But until then, guys, thanks for sticking around listening to us and have a great rest of your week.